Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my... Oh, fiance, Carol. How are you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? How much? It's been a good week here. It is June 27th, 1998. It is. Almost to July. We're approaching the 4th of July. I kind of hate the 4th of July. Why? 4th of July is probably, well, it's one of my favorite holidays. Well, I mean, it's fine if it falls on a weekend, but I don't like it when it falls on a weekday. Oh, yeah? Because because then there's fireworks. There's fireworks. Fireworks for me. <laughs> yeah? I mean, I know, like, mostly people are not putting them off in their yards because they're not supposed to, but sometimes they do. But, you know, you get people putting their stuff out in the front yards and making all the noise and the firecrackers, and it's fucking annoying when you have to get up and work in the morning. And I know I sound like, like an old lady. Yeah, you do. <laughs> You're like, get off my lawn. But <laughs> I don't like it. Well, this year, it should be fine because it's Saturday this year. Okay, cool. Let the party go then. We can rage on. Rage in the cage. <laughs> um, but speaking of rage, maybe the Republicans are... I'm sorry to talk about politics. What was that? Sorry to talk about what now? <laughs> maybe the Republicans are enraged by new light being shed on Clinton's case against the... Or with Monica Lewinsky, you know, like uh, had sex with her or whatever. Um, you know, you know the story. I'm I'm aware of the story. Sorry to talk about politics, everyone. You know what I'm trying to say. Uh, the White House sex and perjury controversy leaned in favor of President Clinton on Monday with tapes of Monica Lewinsky not before made public. According to U.S. News and World Report, the tapes suggest that Lewinsky got help with her job search before she was subpoenaed as a witness in the Paul Jones case, weakening the premise of the probe that Clinton tried to cover up an alleged affair with the former White House intern by asking his friend Vernon Jordan to boost her career. One of the claims has been that perhaps President Clinton got Monica Lewinsky a job as a reward for her lying in the Paula Jones deposition, said Stephen Waldman, an editor at the magazine. What these tapes show is that, in fact, the conversations between Monica and the president about him helping her get a job started two months before she was subpoenaed in the Paula Jones case. It, so, Isn't it possible that maybe she's just talented and got a job because she deserves it? Or is it like she's a hoe and couldn't possibly deserve a job now? I thought you were going to say talented in another way. but uh, No. No, I wasn't going there because everybody's going there and I feel a little sorry for her. No, I think it's bullshit, but you know. You know, like... She's an intern in the White House. Like, that's a big deal. She's probably pretty smart and accomplished. An adult man with all the power in the world cheats on his wife. And and the 23-year-old or however she's young, however old she is, uh, you know, intern is the fucking villain, I guess. Right? Well, she, my mom loves Bill Clinton, by the way. She, he, she loves Bill Clinton. Yeah, and she's it. like... Oh, these women throw themselves. Like, how is a man to resist? You know, these women throw, <laughs> like, she's making every excuse in the book for him. Goodness. But it's cool, you know. I guess. I mean, it's whatever. That's that's definitely no offense to uh, Mark's mom, but that's uh, 
not a modern way of thinking. We'll say that. No, you don't think so. <laughs> no. So you wouldn't. You would be mad if I had sex with a uh, an intern. Yeah, just a little bit. You wouldn't be like, well, you know, what are these men to do? <laughs> that whore. I'll tell you what, though, if I did have an affair, I wouldn't put it on the web. Right. Because what you tell web can spread. <laughs> Internet growth's effect on privacy to be addressed. Okay. Uh, so by Ted Burns from the Associated Press. Uh, buy anything on the internet or just fill out an innocent looking questionnaire on a website and a company can learn a lot about you. Right. What you read, what you wear, how you vote. Sorry to talk about politics, everyone. Maybe even information about your health. Amid questions about what companies do, with all that information and what they should be allowed to do, the Clinton administration is organizing a two-day internet privacy meeting starting today in Washington. Hmm. Companies and the government want to encourage the growth of fledgling internet commerce while balancing customers' privacy rights. The industry wants to develop its own rules and punishments. Privacy advocates want the government to write tough new privacy laws now. So far, the Clinton administration, wary of stifling business on the internet with burdensome new laws, has indicated it will give companies more time to come up with the ways to regulate themselves. They have their eyes closed and their fingers crossed that it will all work out, <laughs> says Jeff Chester, executive director of the Washington-based Center Media Education. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I... um. I don't know. I think people should probably be responsible for protecting their their own privacy. Like, how is it different to fill out a survey online than it is to, like, do it in the mall? Yeah, but so it's not just surveys, though. It's like, because they said even if you just buy something, then they can take that information and sell it to other companies. Let's say you buy shoes on the Internet for some reason. That would be stupid, sure. I'm, let's just say you do, okay? and Or a book. Yeah, like, how do you return shoes? You don't even know if they fit. Come on. Okay, a book then. Yeah, okay, I can buy a book online. There's I can that, get on the board. Uh, Amazon.com. Right. They have books. Uh, anyway, so if you bought a book on Amazon, and Amazon could say, well, they, she likes to read this stuff by this author or whatever mm-hmm. and sell that information to other companies. Okay, what are they going to do with that? And say, like, here's her, because everyone has their own little IP address or whatever. Sure. What their, com- their computer is and stuff. It's like, that's who she is. Uh, that's where she lives. That's what she likes to read. So go knock on her door and sell her books by this author? I, I don't mean, know. Like, I don't know what could, I don't know what could come out of it. I think that... The internet is, if the internet is going to be a commerce area, mm-hmm. which it looks like it may be, then it needs to be regulated like any other commerce area. Okay. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Sure. I agree with that, but I just, I don't see that it's that much more dangerous than other. I'm not saying it's more dangerous. I'm saying it's, it's more, only more dangerous because there are no laws about it. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So, just uh, you know, keep your shit private, people. Yeah, I mean, I guess. But here's now. Here's something else. Internet wise, sorry to talk about internet, everyone. Oh, actually, actually, I guess we can talk about that. 
Uh, AT&T deal heralds a do-everything cable. Okay. So AT&T is merging with TCI. You're familiar with them? No. Telecommunications Incorporated. Uh, so AT&T Corp on Wednesday agreed to buy cable TV giant Telecom Communications Incorporated for $32 billion. Oh, my. Yeah, in a bold attempt to bring millions of consumers all in one service. From telephone to high-speed internet access through cable lines, bypassing the local phone wires. So, let me ask you a question. If mm-hmm. uh, if you got internet through your cable line, would you be able to watch TV while you were on the internet? That's a good question. I mean, you can't use the phone while you're on the internet, uh, so, yeah. I don't know. I assume you can. I was kind of joking. But were you? Because it, it's actually a concern. AT&T's challenge to Ameritech Corp and the other Baby Bell regional companies point to a future in technology that could eventually converge conventional telephones, televisions, and internet service. AT&T plans to pitch the service over the next few years to TCI's 13 million customers and millions more affiliated with the cable outfit helping AT&T chairman Michael Armstrong bolster his dominant but sagging long-distance business while cracking the $110 billion market for local phone service. So, interesting. Instead of having uh, the telephone where it dials up the internet, instead of doing that, we could go through cable lines. I wonder if it would be less annoying than... That sound, yeah. That awful sound that it makes. Exactly. Um, I don't know. Would it be faster? That would be nice. It's kind of slow now. Yes. But... Welcome. You've got <laughs> mail. Um, but speaking of having mail, I wonder if we'll receive any mail about our opinions <laughs> on the movie that we saw. Hope floats. I admit that I picked this. Yeah, she did. I admit this one is my fault. She picked it, everyone. I'm not sure if it's good or bad. I'm not sure if I need to apologize. Ooh, interesting. Or if you owe me a thank you. I don't, I don't owe you a thank you, that's for sure. <laughs> I don't know if you need to apologize, but I definitely don't owe you a thank you. Yeah, it's a wholly depressing film. Yeah. I mean, like, there was a lot of crying. So, it stars Sandra Bullock. I love her. Of The Net. That's part of why I wanted to see it. And Speed. And, uh, yeah. A Time to Kill. Yeah. <laughs> and Harold Connick Jr., yeah, I'm not really familiar with him. Like, I recognize the name, but, like, I didn't really recognize his face. He's a singer. I he's bet he's a, a country singer. N- well, he's a Sinatra-style singer. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because he pulls I mean, off the cowboy look pretty well. Sometimes he sings, uh, I guess, like, you know, he could sing the uh, the square dance, I suppose. So. <laughs> In Sinatra style. Okay. Swing your partner to and fro. Swing her now and do-si-do. I didn't think there were any singers like that left. 
Do that cuckoo square dance thing. Sounds like Christopher Walken again. Promenade that brought around. You just can't enjoy my voice, can you? I do enjoy your voice. All the time. Anyway. Day in and day out. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, he's in it. Mm -hmm. And he's also an actor. An actor and a singer. He was in Independence Day. I don't remember. He was Will Smith's best friend. Oh, okay. Who died. Like, uh, immediately. Yeah. Yeah. And we were all like, oh, no. Bummer. Harold Connick Jr. (laughs) Um, So, they're in it. And so is, uh, what's her name? I want to say Agnes Moorhead, but that's not her name. Gina Rollins. Oh, yeah. She was the mom in Something to Talk About, which yeah. is a kind of similar movie, but a lot better than she's, this one. Uh, <laughs> she's um, Cassavetti's wife. Who? He's an actor. Okay. He's yeah. an old-time actor. And she's so pretty. She is. It's, like, insane. Like, she's, like, got to be... 70 or something? And I think she's probably in her early 70s, yeah, yeah. something like that. And she's still so pretty. I hope I can be that pretty when I'm 70. All right, well, <laughs> we'll let you know, folks. Uh, well, you're close to 70 or a different age. Hey, now. No, you're not. So, like, this movie starts on, uh, who was this talk the show The Ricky person? Lake Show. Yeah, okay, Ricky it's Lake. Not, no, it's not, though. It's, it's oh. Ricky Lake's doing is the person but you know it's she doesn't have a talk show so it's uh it's her playing a talk show host yeah it's like you know jerry springer or whatever but yes Ricky it's like Lake. a jerry yeah. springer type uh my my boyfriend is a midget and also secretly a skinhead so sandra bullock is on here to get a free makeover yes that's what she thinks if a talk show contacted you out of nowhere and offered you a free makeover wouldn't that raise some bells of alarm i mean i guess like i would be a little concerned about what i was really gonna be doing i mean so my guess is that her friend sold it to her as basically like hey they're having a show where it's like you know let's Let's make you over whatever, like, you know, we're taking, uh, like, plane to chic or something like that, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's their theme. So I'm guessing she sold it to her in, in that way. Yeah. But it turns out that Rosanna Arquette is just... A lying bitch. fucking her husband. She took her on national television to tell her that. And, like, they try to frame it in this. She loves you so much and she doesn't want to hurt you. Like, no, no. She doesn't love her, or she wouldn't have done that. She wants to hurt her, or she wouldn't be doing it on national fucking television. Oh, shit. In front of her daughter. Yeah, that's the thing, too. So she, they bring the guy out. First, she tells her everything has happened. Then they bring the husband out, and they like they start fighting, and like he admits that he's had an affair and everything. And then they, they close up on the daughter, played by an actress. I'm not, I mean, she's a little kid. But I, I don't think she's been in anything else. I don't know. Mae Whitman. Hmm. But then she's just fucking sobbing. Yeah. Well, yeah. Who wouldn't? It's awful. Just watch your parents' marriage disintegrate on national TV in yeah. front of your eyes. Oh, and she thought her mommy was going to get pretty. Yeah, right. Exactly. So then uh, they haven't 
gotten divorced yet, but Sandra Bullock's leaving. Sandra Bullock decides to go uh, back to the source of all misery, Smithville, <laughs> Texas. Yeah, it's a weird choice to return Whoa. back to this place. Where, where, like, just around every corner, there's another fucking nightmare. <laughs> it's like, seriously, this... This movie was like a nesting doll of misery. Yeah. Where just like, uh, whoa, what's behind door number three? Another worst nightmare. <laughs> oh, my God. But I mean, like, I kind of see where she's coming from because otherwise she might run into her friend and her husband if she didn't go away. Well, yeah, they went from Chicago back to Texas. Yeah. That's a long ass drive. Right. Um, but she's going to live with her mother uh, and not her father because her father has irreversible Alzheimer's disease. And he had a stroke. And he had a stroke. So at first, when she first goes to see him, all he does is smile at her like an idiot (laughs) and doesn't say a word. Right. And I thought, oh, this is like the fucking ultimate, like, you might as well just kill him because he can't remember anything and he's nonverbal, he can't speak. But then later he does talk. Yeah. So I think he's sometimes nonverbal and sometimes he gets some stuff back. Yeah, maybe he has good days and bad days or whatever. But I but mean, eventually with all... What a fucking miserable way to live. Yeah. I mean, eventually with Alzheimer's, though, they, they do usually stop talking. And I don't know if I could live... I don't know if I could do that. Well, first of all, I there's no way I could live like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'd be in misery, I'm sure. So euthanasia if you uh, end up like that? I mean, maybe. Although maybe I'd regret it. Because maybe I'd like a glimmer of me would know what's going on. And uh, I'd be like, oh, no, she's going to kill me. And, <laughs> and like, really, it's actually just fun as hell. Because I say, like, ignorance is bliss. Or right? Maybe it's super awesome to end up like that. I don't know. He looked pretty happy. Yeah, this is so fun. <laughs> I don't have to remember anyone's name. And I get pudding. Um, but no, uh what I'm saying, I don't know if I could do. I don't know if I could do what Gina Rowland did, which is put my spouse, if you, God forbid, if you got dementia mm-hmm. or something like that when we got older, assuming that this this uh, engagement's going to go through and we stay together. Um, hey, now, assuming? Assume your ass. <laughs> um, and you got dementia, like we're older or a different age. And I don't, I don't, I couldn't, I don't think I could put you in an institution. I'd have to keep you there because like, it's like shuffling off like the love of your life to this home. And it's like, I'll see you every once in a while. I I, I don't think I could do that. The only way that like, I think it's acceptable is if you were not physically or financially able to handle it. Like she obviously was physically able to handle it. And so I don't think it was probably right to send him off somewhere. And she took on an extra mouth, so I think she was financially able to. Right. Um, so, But, I mean, like, if, like, you can't afford to hire help and you can't do it yourself, then maybe it's okay because, you know, the person needs to be taken care of. I mean, if anyone out there is in a similar situation, I'm not passing judgment on you. I'm saying personally, I don't know if I could do it. Right, right. I mean, yeah, it, you don't know at all until you've been there. And, it, like, I, I actually have, you know, had to take care of somebody who was, yep. you know, terminally ill. Mm-hmm. And it's 
really hard, so I can understand if some people can't handle it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, so yeah, I saw that, and I was, that was the first thing I thought of was like, wow, like Gina Rowland's husband's still alive, and she's just like, eh. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure she cared more than that, but. Well, I mean, we don't know how long this has been going on either. Yeah. You know, maybe she did have him home for a while, and maybe she couldn't handle it after a while, you maybe. know? like We don't who know. Who knows? Yeah, we don't know. I didn't spend a lot of time judging her in this movie. No. But it's just one of the uh, points of misery in this movie. Yeah. Another point of misery, as we mentioned, is that she's taken out another mouth because she has... Uh, so, Sandra Bullock's character's name is Birdie. What a, what a name. She even mentions at some point how much she hates her name. Yeah. And her daughter is Bernice. Mm-hmm. I believe... that I, I'm thinking they're both Bernice and Birdie's a nickname, but I don't know. Yeah. Uh, either way, that's their names. So it's Bertie's nephew and Bernice's cousin. The grandma's taken care of. That's obviously it's his grandma too. It's Sandra Bullock's sister's little kid. She ran off to California to like, I don't know, follow, actress, her, follow yeah. her dream of being an actress and abandoned her child with her grandmother, with her L- mother. A lot of abandoning children in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, we're dealing with that that kid who is okay ish. I guess. I mean at late, first. later he's not great. But. but you know, because then his you know, later his grandma dies. Yeah. And that's like losing his mother. God knows how long grandma's been basically replacing mom. Yeah, at, at towards the end of the movie, uh Gina Rollins dies. Yeah. Because the movie wasn't sad enough right? yet. Like, what the fuck was the point? I mean, I guess it was a catalyst for a lot of things that happened at the end. But I suppose everyone mentions that Sandra Bolt. Like, oh, have you been drinking or whatever? Yeah, I think she might have had an alcohol problem. Maybe in the past that makes sense because the one time we see her go to a bar, she drinks way too much. That's true. So I think she might have had an alcohol problem in the past, and and maybe she was drinking. At points in the movie where we didn't even realize. Like, at one point, her her daughter forgets her lunch, and she goes up to the school while they're oh, playing God. outside in her nightgown and a coat over her. Yeah. Like, wasn't that a robe? I don't think that was a proper coat. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was a robe. You're right. That's weird to see someone with a robe outside, right? They always <laughs> look like they've escaped from a mental institution. Right. It's like, oh, I'm just getting my paper. Yeah, before the monsters do, right? But yeah, <laughs> right. But I mean, she hadn't even brushed her hair. Like, brush your hair and put on some clothes. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Yeah. I mean, how humiliating. So her, her kid just actually shouldn't even know who she was. Right, which is fucked up. But maybe she was drunk. Yeah. Maybe she had been drinking the night before or whatever. Like, well, she... no, she had. That was the night after the big drinking. Okay, well, yeah, she, she wasn't in her right mind for sure. No. Yeah, maybe she was just still drunk. God, that was a lot of a lot of drunk going on there. Yeah. The other the other thing that the town of Smithville is known for is backhanded compliments. Because everybody in town, when she first comes into town, is like, oh, you know, oh, I love your hair. It's so down to earth. <laughs> right. <laughs> All this shit. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's not good. It's one of those small towns where everybody talks shit about mm-hmm. everybody. Absolutely. And everybody has seen her get 
you know, her marriage ripped apart on national television. Well, it's all big revenge for them, too, because she was the prom queen and, like, the he golden child. He was the child. quarter pack, yeah. And then they left. They went off to the big city, and then, yeah, her, this whole, happens. her whole world gets ripped apart. Yeah, and these people are assholes, and they're, like, gleeful yeah. about it. There was one time, she goes to get a job. And the lady who's in charge of the employment agency or whatever uh-huh. uh, has some Dots. grudge against her from high school, yeah. which is, like, I get it. I got made fun of in high school. It's not fun. But you're adults now. Mm. Like, you don't treat another adult person like that. Yeah, I agree. <sighs> because, yeah, she was just, like, talking about how awful she treated her. And, and then she was like, oh, I don't have anything for you. What skills? What do you know how to do? Like, just being right. really mean. Yeah. So Sandra Bullock did this big speech about, you know, I'm so, you know, I don't know how I treated you and, you know, I'm sorry, but, you know, while you're putting me in my place, can you put me in a job? Mm -hmm. I didn't like the way this scene was filmed. Yeah, tell me about that. I can't put my finger on exactly why, but so they, while she's giving this impassioned speech, they show she's in, they, they, they do Bullock in a close-up, which is fine. And they cut that with a two-shot of her and Dot. But it's it's a two-shot, so there's a decent amount of distance there. And it, Dot's from the side. We don't get any reaction mm-hmm. to her face, to what Sandra Bullock is saying. So it just feels disconnected. Like, I would like to have seen... To emotionally connect with what she's saying and how it's affecting the person she's saying, it too, I would have liked to have seen a close-up of Dot, like, you know, intercut with that, as opposed to that static two-shot of the two of them. Um, I don't know. I'm not a filmmaker or anything like that. I'm not an expert, but I didn't love that. Yeah. Um. It would have been nice to see her reaction. You can tell that she was definitely affected because she is nicer afterwards. Yeah, but I just, I don't, I didn't get the bridge between those two things. Yeah. Because she she makes a change in that scene, but we don't get to see the change. Right. We get to see the after effect of the change. We don't see the change on her face. So it's a wasted opportunity for the actress. And maybe they shot it and she just didn't do it good. I don't don't know. (laughs) Maybe. But I just, it, it was like a weird a weird choice, I thought. And then the job she ends up getting, this is weird to me, too. She's like, you know, she says her, the thing she's good at is taking pictures. Yeah. So she's like, well, take some pictures this weekend and bring them in to me. Yeah, and then what? she gets her a job working in a, a photo <laughs> developing place. Exactly. What, what, what the fuck was that for? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Well, these are good. These are good pictures. Now you can develop somebody else's. Right. What? Yeah. I mean... I guess she developed the pictures herself, so maybe that shows something. But. I suppose, but like, was was that skill. the point? Yeah, and you don't need any skill to do that. A machine did machine. her job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of stupid. It was dumb, and I thought she was gonna like get some kind of artistic job or something like that. But no, just yeah. I mean, it seems almost like she was fucking kinda, with her. I don't know. Like this is this is what I can get you related to film. Ha ha. <laughs> And like how she like you 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 said after we saw it when we talked like how is she going to support a family now when she has to right exactly I mean that's got to be a minimum wage job I would imagine yeah um what else miserable happened 
Um, well, her mom keeps trying to uh, get her back together with her ex-boyfriend. Yeah, Harry Connick Jr. I'm sorry, Harold Connick <laughs> Jr. Uh, but I don't... I don't really see... Tim, I don't want to say that it's an unearned love story, but they have good chemistry. I just didn't... There was too much already established, I think. It was like, oh, I know you've got a crush on me, and like they liked each other back in high school and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, but I didn't see enough of... They're different people now. Right. And I didn't see enough of their relationship develop. He tells her how to, how to eat dinner alone. Uh, they have one very abrupt dinner where the daughter basically says, get the fuck out. <laughs> right. And starts throwing shit at his car. Yeah. yeah and, that wasn't good. and then they take a walk. They dance. They take a walk. And then they fuck. We think. After, after he kisses her on the forehead. We, we're making an assumption. Okay. We don't they know for sure. They had sex. He kisses her on the forehead very sweetly. And then they are laying on top of each other, fully clothed outside. On like the bench or whatever that they'd been sitting on. So yeah, they might have had sex, or they maybe they just snuggled they were and fell in a asleep. House. No, they weren't. Yes, they were. I swear to God, they were still outside when she. You woke think up. they were just on a park bench? No, not the outside bench at his house. It was the swing, the swing from his yes, parents' house. Yes, yes, okay, yeah. Okay, and I think sure. that's where they woke up. But it was private. Sure, but they were fully clothed. I think that it sucks. Maybe. Last, and she's, she apologizes. She's like, sorry for last night. Yeah, maybe then, for not giving it to him. And then he was like, I'm sorry for this morning or whatever. Which, what does that mean? That she left. Whatever. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no fucking uh, quarter given to Harry Connick Jr., I guess. I don't know. It was a weird scene. There was definitely things missing there. Well, yeah, that's that's also weird editing choice. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, because I, I don't know, we don't get a full idea of anything. Like you said, it's ambiguous. But let's see. Another layer of misery is the relationship between her and her daughter and her mother. Yeah. Because her relationship with both of these women is terrible. Yes. Like, And we don't know why. Yeah. Well, like, apparently her mother embarrassed the fuck out of her when she was a kid. Yeah, she says something about, like, they get into a fight, and she talks about that, and she says some mean things. Yeah. And it's like, you know, your mom's letting you stay at her house, right? <laughs> right. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, but, like, she was embarrassed because her mom, her mom does taxidermy. Yeah. Which is weird. Like, so they're moving into a house with dead animals. I mean, there's not, that's not great either. Yeah. Um. But and she would do it outside and like so the kids would make fun of her and her mom said you used to be so pleasing and she's like I had to be because of you you know right but then her and her daughter get into it because the daughter blames her for the marriage breaking up mm-hmm. like that that's kind of ridiculous I don't know where that comes from to be honest with you maybe there's like there was something missing there like maybe she wasn't very attentive to her husband or. I feel like there's a thread of a theme that isn't fully realized. Yeah. And this is what I think it is. And I'm putting a lot of extra... I'm giving the movie a lot of credit, I think. I think there should have been more of this. But to me, Sandra Bullock at one point says that... 
I I told myself I wouldn't have this a bad relationship with my daughter. Mm-hmm. That I would tell her I loved her and, and all this stuff. That it wouldn't just come from daddy. And to me, the what I think the movie's trying to say is like, so the the mom had to be like strong or the disciplinarian or whatever. The daddy got to be mm-hmm. the the loving one, right? And it's the same thing with Sandra Bullock in her relationship. The dad was the the sweet one and everything, and she had to be the strong one. And I think she grew up more like her mom. So I think it's like it's this woman empowerment moment where it's like you can be strong and you can also be tender to your kids. And, you know what I mean? You don't mm-hmm. need the guy necessarily. I think that's where they were going. But okay. I don't think there was enough of that there to support that theme. See, that's the problem with this movie is there's just a lot of filling in the gaps that we're doing that yeah. the movie should have done for us. Yeah, and I mean, I like I don't need everything spoon-fed to me. No. But I, to me, there's too many ideas going on mm-hmm. in this movie. There's There's about three or four different threads that you could make an entire movie out of. And they they move back and forth too much, I think. I think they're trying to do too much in the film. Yeah, maybe. Because ultimately, I don't know what the what the point of the movie is, really. I don't know what the, the movie is supposed to be about. Well, the name of the movie is Hope Floats. Sure. And the end of the movie, she's talking about, you know, Hope. And there was a whole story, too, about Hope at some point that her mom told her or whatever, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then she kind of brings it up at the end about hope floating to the surface. So I, I, I think it's just to, you know, keep hope because even when life is complete fucking misery, it can get better. That was something that I liked. That was a, a piece films that I liked where Gina Rollins is telling a story to, to the granddaughter. Yeah. Bernice, yeah. but unbeknownst to them, Bertie. Sandra Bullock has come up and is sitting on the stairs listening. And while she's telling the story, she's kind of smiling. And we see it's subtle and it's not even fully fleshed. I think what they did is they filmed a little girl and they they superimposed it very quickly. It's like a flash almost. And then it was gone. But she Sandra Bullock's listening to it and it's like she becomes a little girl, hmm. like listening to her mom again. Very briefly, but it's like you can't even make out. It might have been that May Whitman. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't even see fully who it is, but it's like it's like a very quick transition. And I liked that because that is visual storytelling. Mm-hmm. That tells me all I need to know that that listening to the story makes her feel like a little girl again. And she's experiencing it the way that her daughter's experiencing it. And it, you know, it brings the emotion and all the ideas together. And it, like I said, it was quick. It was subtle. And that's very good visual storytelling. Right. And it was about, two, like, family um, and being there for each other and ants. supporting each other. Well, the this story ki- was about the ants, mm-hmm. yeah, being this, a family. And- yeah, this kid was kicking ants, to, uh, the ant hill apart or something like that. And that the ants were building it back and they were like, oh, why even bother? You know, it's so much to do or whatever. And the, the apparently this is her mom, the grandmother's mom, said, um, 
Well, for one, for one, it would be a lot to do. But they're, they're, look at them all down there, and they're all family, and they're all helping each other out. So it's not that big of a deal, and that's what family does. They help each other out and all that stuff. But I think that's, you know, part of the theme of the movie, too. I guess. I, and the other theme, I guess, is so all of a sudden at the end of the movie, there's narration where it's like, okay, just start up narration at the end of this movie. But Sandra Bullock's talking about how the the husband, her ex-husband or whatever said, like, I don't know, he said something. But the grandmother, her mother, said that childhood is the mm. the part you spend the rest of your life trying to f- get away from or whatever. Trying to get over. Yeah, yeah, get over, yeah. Yeah, I agree. And maybe that's the point of the movie. Maybe. And if that's the point of the movie, I can see that with what the Birdie or the Bernice character goes through. Mm-hmm. And Birdie obviously had a troubled childhood growing up. And this little kid, the other little kid, the boy. He's having a time. He's yeah. having a troubled childhood. At one point, he's like, it's after the funeral. Oh. And he's talking to, the, to Harold Connick Jr. And he's just like, my grandmother died. And it's like, I know, you know it's. Yeah. Stuff. It's awful. And he says the first I mean he he's thinking the first thing I thought Who's which is take care of me. Yeah, where he's like I, that's what I thought too. I was like is he going to stay with is Sandra Bullock just going to take him that? And he was like I'm, you know, I'm just I'm wondering if Aunt Bertie wants me. And and, and Harry Harry Jr is like she does. Which it seems a little presumptuous for him to yeah, say he, that. He doesn't know. Like yeah, they're not that close. They, and like they're not married. Even at the end of the movie, they're not engaged, but it, they're acting as though they're going to raise these children together. It's kind of weird. But then the ex-husband comes for the funeral. Uh, what, what an ass. What a fucking asshole. And Why then, would you show up yeah. to the funeral? Like, wait, to get a divorce. Yeah, he he's, wants to get a divorce because he wants to marry Rosanna Arquette or whatever. And... May Whitman's Bernice is like, I'm coming with you. Mm. That's like, yeah, you're not. She the whole movie. She's like, Daddy's gonna come back, and Daddy loves us, and and all this stuff and everything. And he's like, No, oh, no, stop. You're my princess. I love you, but stop. You can't come with me. He said, like, he's talking out of both sides of the right. mouth, where he's like, Oh, you're the best. I would never leave you, but I'm gonna leave you. Yeah. Uh it's ridiculous. I'd take you if I could, but of course he could. And, you know, her mom shows, I feel like, a lot of strength in this scene to sit there and allow this to play out. I think she needed to. It was important. Yeah, because even though it's going to hurt her, if she intervenes, then it seems like she's stopping it from happening. And then she can continue to hate Sandra Bullock. Right. Which is not fair to Sandra Bullock. Right. So if she lets him be the bad guy, and I mean, maybe that's part of it, too, part of the theme of the movie. If she lets him be the bad guy and say, you know, the reality of like, well, I've got this new woman. I don't care about you anymore. I mean, that's essentially what it is. Right. It's the most selfish fucking thing you can do. And of course, she's like devastated. She's crying. Daddy's not. You know, it's like it's the saddest part. It's the saddest part of one of the saddest movies I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it was it was it was a hard watch. And as an actress, the little kid. She might she have a future. She nailed it. Oh, my God. She might have a future because she was really good. Yeah. That was a very impressive Sold acting. it. Like, you know, like she was like, I felt like she was really, like her heart was breaking. Mm-hmm. 
Oh my gosh! Sorry, so, I was just like reliving it there for a second. <laughs> so, I mean, it was, it was powerful, and she yeah. did a great job. Um, maybe she'll be nominated. Probably be the youngest person ever nominated right? for an Oscar. If she she was, should. She was. She was great in the movie. Yeah. I mean, Sandra Bullock was was excellent in the movie, but this little kid was really good in every scene. Every scene she was in, she like commanded the scene. She yeah. was excellent. But yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we haven't covered. Well, she gets together with Harry Connick yeah. Jr. I mean, there's the, I think that's that's what's funny is it's kind of sold like a love story, but it's kind of like the background. It's not really. Uh, it almost seems like a love story by necessity. Yeah. Well, my husband left me. Uh, my mom's dead. I've got these two kids I'm trying to raise on my own with a fucking. Uh, <laughs> Minimum uh, wage job. Yeah. yeah. So she just she ends up with Harry Connick Jr. Who? And that's the other thing, too, is who is she without a man? Yeah. Because for most of the movie, she was miserable mm-hmm. and down in the dumps about herself and all that stuff and trying to make sense of being in this world. And then her mom dies. All this terrible stuff is going on around her. Maybe that's what I didn't love about the love story is that who is she on her own? Right. Because she'd start dating this guy in high school, the husband. Mm-hmm. And... That the you know that she was with him all, the whole time. She talks about how she like lost herself, lost her yeah. her her personality and everything. But what is yourself? I don't even know. That's true. So it's like, yeah, this dude who knew her then and her mother are both like, oh, we can see, we can see a little bit of of your old self mm-hmm. there, whatever. I think it's like she's supposed to be her old self now because she's with this guy that loved her back then or something. But yeah, but, I don't know. But we didn't see it. That's no. my problem. Yeah. And like the way they get together is really weird. Like at the end, it it was that scene was stupid to me. Mm-hmm. Like he apparently dropped off film and took like what one picture of himself. Yes. Who took the picture? First of all, he couldn't take that picture. I don't Did know. the camera shack guy take the picture? I guess I don't know. But and she develops this roll of film. It's all blank except this one picture of him with his car. And then she and looks up a, and he's there he's got with his, his car. Dick, and he's got his dick out. <laughs> like come on, no. But it was it was almost like exactly the picture. Yeah. Like how? How'd you? T- I no. don't know. Uh-uh. I don't know. It was and, stupid. And why? Right. How is that romantic? And it's like then she runs out there and they take off together and, and the boss is just smiling like she just walked off the job. Right. The fuck? I mean, I guess he must have helped him. That's the only way that he'd be smiling. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, he he acted like he knew that picture was coming. Yeah. But like. The picture doesn't mean anything. It's yeah, just what does a it picture. mean? I don't know. There was so much about this movie that was just like, uh huh. I mean, if it was a picture of him holding Rosanna Arquette's head, <laughs> I mean, that might have meant something. <laughs> right. Oh, goodness. But yeah, I mean, it's like, I think we're supposed to believe that, you know, they all have a happily ever after together. It and- was fine, it was a fine movie. <laughs> Yeah. It was depressing, though. So depressing. Like, I felt like I needed a drink when I got out of there. Yeah, it was... I don't know. I, I would say you don't need to go to the theater to see it. Yeah, don't don't put yourself through it. It's, it's too much pain. You can rent it at Blockbuster if you really want to. If you, if you want the wanna pain. If you just want to fucking cry your right. eyes out or whatever. Because that's all this movie is, is sadness. But... Uh. But that is the episode for the week, Carol. Tell people where to go to get happy. 
No. <laughs> so you can check out our website at www.retrolatefee.com mm-hmm. and um, write us at <laughs> latefee1994 at AOL.com yep. and share the tapes with your friends. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.